0: Coming to Foundations Church for very long, or this is your first Sunday. This is a great day for you to be here. I want to say hello. Here's something really cool, uh, Foundations Church. I was meeting with all the pastors that we've been church planting. Um, every Sunday, they tune in and join us from halfway around the world. So I just want to say hello to all of our Kenyan brothers and sisters that are halfway around the world that are joining us every Sunday. We're glad that you're with us. Um, they're like, how's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go... Like I'll say, hey, we're building a building. Yes, how's the building going? We know you broke ground. Like we know it got too cold. I'm like, how do you know this? We watch service online. I'm like, oh man, God bless your soul, right? So um, here's, here, here's the great thing though. If you've been coming to Foundation Church for very long or this is your first time, our vision, our mission statement here is this. We exist to make Jesus famous in all that we do, right? It, it's not complicated, Everything that we do, week in week out, every ministry, everything that we do is to point to Jesus. It's not to point to a church. It's not to make Foundations Church famous. All the churches that we've started in Kenya aren't named Foundations One, Two, Three, Four, Five. Nothing like that. No, it's just to make Jesus famous. It's not to point to Justin Graves to make me famous. This face is a radio face, not a TV face. Anyway, so um, it's it's to make Jesus famous. And then this past year, when COVID hit, we're about a year from when the whole pandemic hit, right? Like this Sunday, like you guys remember last year, this time, by the way, way to go waking up an hour early and being here on time. My goodness, look at you guys. Um, But um, about this time last year, when spring break hit, like Everything got canceled, right? People went to the mountains and they closed the mountain. I'm like, how do you close the mountains? But they did. They closed the mountains. Nobody's skiing. Nobody can go to the beach. Um, Disney World shut down. Everything is shut down. We're huddled down. And, and And here's what happened. Things got weird, didn't it? Like, it's like when you go on an awkward first date that you've never met somebody and you're like, ah, things just got weird. Like there's this moment and somebody said something, you're like, it just got weird, right? And so our world got weird. And what happened is we didn't know how to interact with each other anymore. We didn't know what to say. We don't know how to. We still don't know if we're fist bumping, if we're hugging, if we're, hey, you know, what? where we are because things got weird. And as a result... We got a little bit weird, and we got away from doing what you and I are called to do as followers of Christ, because here's the conviction that I had, and today, I want you to know, this sermon, man, is my heartbeat as a pastor, as a follower of Christ, and it's going to hit hard today, right? I just want to let you know, hopefully, for some of you, it makes you a little upset. Hopefully, for some of us, it hurts your feelings, but understand, it's coming from a good place as your pastor, my, my job isn't to pacify, but it's to push, right? It's to push us where God's calling us to go. And, and as a result, through all the weirdness and all the things that have happened, man, we've done a great job of making Jesus famous to the ends of the earth, but how have we done and making Jesus famous here in the 918? Right, right? How have we done making Jesus famous to our friends, to our coworkers? to our neighbors, to our family members, to people that voted like you, to people that didn't vote like you? How how have we done at our vision and our mandate? Because what I've come to understand, what I've come to realize is sometimes it's easier to make Jesus famous to where nobody knows us than it is right in our own backyard. Right. Sometimes because then it becomes a little bit of awkwardness and you've got to have conversations. And yet the Bible says this. Here's, here's, and you know where I'm going. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. He says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You guys know this as a Great Commission. If you grew up in church, I know this as a Great Commission. This is something that Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, this is what he's commanding his followers to do. Man, go and make disciples. I love what it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. This means in the Greek, one who testifies for or on behalf of. You will be ones who testify for me. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea. The disciples are going, yeah, that's where our our families are. That's where our neighbors are. That's where all the Jews are. And then Jesus throws in in Samaria. Right? Nobody likes Samaria. Samaria. And the disciples are going, wait, wait, wait a second. This means to all the Republicans, to the Democrats, right? To all the Democrats, to the Republicans. He's going, he goes, now I want you to go to people you don't like. People that don't look like you, think like you, dress like you, believe like you. People that you've grown up prejudice against. And I want you to be my witness to those people. And to the end of the earth. How are we doing, as followers of Christ, living this out? How are we doing being his witness, being one that testifies on behalf of Jesus saying this? This is literally what he's saying to a bunch of uneducated men, for the most part, and women who didn't go to school, who had no formal training, who didn't grow up in the Sanhedrin, who didn't know all the, the laws and the books of the Bible and all this stuff, he says, says, "It's up to you now. My work here is done, and now it is up to you." And he doesn't say, he doesn't say this. He doesn't say, "Hey, you're going to be my witnesses if you feel like it." Right? Like I'm not feeling that one, Jesus. I think I'm going to opt out on that. Like. I'll go, who's got Judea? I got Judea. Who's got, Jer- I got Jerusalem. Who's got, no, 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 no. He's saying, saying no, 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 no. go. This, this is about you making me famous and everything you do to the ends of the earth and right in your own backyard. I saw this on display like never before um, it, with one of the pastors that we support. and We've helped. Um, with his church in a town called Ingualale. It's name, his name is Pastor Elijah. We've got a picture of him. And this, this guy's my buddy. Um, Pastor Elijah invited us um, to come to his house. He named his youngest son after me, um, which I'm like, man, we need to pray for you and your son even more. If you're naming your son, Justin, after me, my prayer was, God, let this child do what I know instead of what I've done in my life, right? Like, I'm just like, God, help him. Um, but, but this, this guy is one of my friends. He's got, he's, he's started four churches in the Maasai Mara area. And as we're standing here, literally why this is happening, we've got some, another really cool story about this later on. Um, but not today, next week, but, um, if you can kind of see in the mountains back there, the farthest one, pastor Elijah points and says, Hey, um, I'm starting my next church up there. And I'm like, Oh, the mountains up close. He's like, no, no, no. The blue mountain. I'm like the blue. Oh, the far mountain. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that one. I'm like, how long does it take you to get there? He goes an hour and a half. I'm like an hour and a half. He goes, yeah, I rode my motorcycle in an hour and a half. I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, are there elephants? He's like, yep, there's elephants everywhere. There are lions. There's lions everywhere. You know, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, that's his path. Right. And so, and and I'm like, what is going, he goes, there's, we meet under a tree and there's no church. There's thousands of people, and there's a demonic oppression. There's a witch doctor there, and they have no idea who Jesus is. And so I'm going there so they may hear about a Savior. And why he says this, I'm looking at him, and as he's talking, I go, because everybody deserves the chance to meet Jesus. And he goes, yes, everybody deserves the chance to meet Jesus. Foundation Church, here's what I want you to know. Everyone deserves the chance to meet Jesus. Everyone does. And that's easy to agree with, but that means if if we truly believe that, that means we will do what it takes so that everyone has the chance to meet Jesus. Right? It means we will do our part. Because if we're not careful, here's what happens. Our churches become inwardly focused instead of outwardly focused, right? It becomes about attracting more Christians, and our churches all across this nation have become about pacifying the saints instead of reaching the lost. And man, FC, that can't be, because here's a tendency, man. Every church has this tendency to turn inward, even the pastors. Man, I want to preach sermons that you're like, oh, that's a great sermon, right? I don't want to just preach sermons that are going to hack you off and make you mad like this one's going to in just a little bit. If I haven't done it yet, hold my, anyways, I'm coming for you, um, but, right? When we to preach messages They're like, yeah, that was so encouraging, that was so great, but then there's moments that if we're not careful, we become churches They're all about reaching other church people instead of inviting lost people into them. And hear me, Foundation Church, our goal, man. yes, I want church, I want anybody to come in here, but our goal isn't to steal other churches' people's. That's not the goal. Now, if they want to come, they've gotten burned, they're looking okay, but our job isn't to, oh, we're going to take them, they're a really good tither, come over here, we got a building project, stimulus checks, you know, like, come on. No, 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 no. Our goal, our job, our role, the church was here to be a place where lost people can become found people, where messes are welcome to come in and be a part. And that means this, that means your Samaritan's gonna come in. Just wait. That means people that you like deserve the chance to meet Jesus, but also people you can't stand still deserve the chance to know who Jesus Christ is to know what his plan is for their life. I love what David McGee said. He said, we should be more concerned about winning the lost than pampering the saved, right? We should be more concerned about winning the lost than pampering the saved, and here it is. I'm gonna pick on the parents for a second. We can be all, yes, do it, Lord, right? Here am I, send me, I'm ready. We can be all about the great commission, Until the Great Commission comes and sits by our kid, right? Until the Great Commission walks through the doors on Wednesday nights with Michael and Aubrey Ballard in the youth ministry. And they start acting like lost people. You know what I found out? The difference between lost teenagers and church teenagers are the lost teenagers don't just just don't know that they're not supposed to act that way, right? They're just like this is me, and the other ones like the church teenagers are like I just know to cover it up, right? It's not it's not (laughs) it's not that our kids are always that always better. They're just like you don't say that in church, right? Like oh okay, there's my school self and my church. Anyways, um, but. And we're like, man, Michael and Aubrey, they gotta—they got to clean that up. What kind of kids are we attracting? Those are the kids we should be attracting as a church. Right? Mom and dad, your kids are down there. What would you learn today, Billy? Well, I don't know, because the person next to me kept saying bad words like, mother, and like and you're like, oh, right? Like, ah! Sammy and Braden, you guys need to get control under your kids. What do you expect if we're going to be a place where where we're reaching the lost, guess what? They're going to act like the lost. And it's not about just... Here we, we're not just opening up our kids' ministry and saying, kids, open mic, have at it time, right? Like just, what words do your parents say at home? That's not what we're doing right now, (laughs) right? We're not saying that. But we are saying, man, we got to make room if we're really going to be about lost people and the Great Commission, then we really gotta be about the lost people and the Great Commission, even when it sits next to us. Even when it doesn't, even when they don't vote like us, don't look like us, don't have a lifestyle like us, are we about loving those people or are we busy qualifying those people? Right, because the job is to love them and let God change them. Luke 19, 10, you know this, I love this verse. Son of man came to find lost people and save them. Jesus states his whole mission statement for coming to earth right here. And the context of this verse is found in a man you heard and you grew up singing about, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was, there you go, he, yeah, you go like he. I'm not going to keep singing. Um, but, and, and here's the deal about Zac. Nobody likes Zacchaeus. Not Not the Jews. Not the Samaritans, not the Romans, not the prostitutes, not the adulterers, not the thieves, not the prisoners. The only people that liked Zacchaeus and other tax collectors were tax collectors. They were the most hated people that lived in that time. And Jesus comes and he comes to him, comes down and he says, hey, Zacchaeus, today, I know nobody else likes you, but today I'm coming to your house right today I'm coming to hang out with you and, and we're coming to your house like to sit down and hang out and chill out and get to know one another and here's what this story shows me and here's what this sermon shows me is this is that lost people rarely come to you most of the time you have to go to them right Jesus didn't come down for, he didn't leave his house to come to Zacchaeus's house no 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 no. it's way way bigger than that Jesus leaves heaven this moment, he's saying, This is the reason I've come. This is why I left there. Is this moment, this time. And what happens? He's hanging out and he's sitting down and he's probably eating pork. I don't know. Um, but he's like hanging out and, and sitting with a bunch of sinners. And I mean, the worst of the worst people are in Zacchaeus's house. And who gets mad? Church people. All right? We call them religious people. I call them church people. Church people. Religious people. And here's what I love. (laughs) Nothing's changed, right? Like when people get mad, they don't usually come right to you. They go to people around. I can't believe they're doing this, right? Like how dare she wear that? Doesn't she know that's too revealing to wear to church? Like they never go to the source. They go around to people who are around the source. And they go to the disciples and they start murmuring and they get mad. I don't know how this... I don't know how your teacher, this person you call teacher, if he's such a teacher and he's, if he's the son of man, what's he doing hanging out with them? And it's in this context that Jesus says, because I came to find lost people and save them. I came to get into the mess with them and to show them there's a better way. And hear me, Foundation Church, if we're not careful we can come to this place that we're qualifying people who should be able to come into the doors instead of just welcoming people on the doors. And church was never meant to be about a collection of the saints. It's supposed to be a hospital for the lost. And everybody, everybody deserves the chance to meet Jesus. And because everybody deserves a chance to meet Jesus, here's the truth. The Great Commission doesn't happen by us being hopeful. It happens by us being obedient. doesn't happen by us hoping that it happens. It happens by us being obedient to what Jesus has commanded us to. I love what Hudson Taylor said. He said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a commandment to be obeyed. You know what I've noticed most of the time, great things don't just happen, right? Like sometimes they do. Like like before I left um, on Kenya, I was like, hey, Casey, when I get back, got to start eating right, got to lose about five pounds, get my 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 summer weight, you know, my fighting weight looking good so Stephen Ragsdale can talk about me more. And so um, I was just like, this will make me feel better. I'm going to get on it. Well, little did I know that I would go to Kenya and I would get a... a Like food poisoning, sickest I've ever been. Like sickest, hands down, both sides. will keep going um, for two days. Um, It's the first time I've preached a sermon on a Sunday that I thought I'm actually gonna poop my pants. In this moment, I'm wearing khaki pants. There's no hiding this. I did this all last Sunday. There was no movement. There was definitely none of this, right? There was just like... (laughs) i'm right i stayed here I, i'm sweating tunnel vision i'm like <laughs> make jesus famous make jesus famous not yourself um so i came back i'm I, serious i probably lost five to ten pounds and you're like where <laughs> i lost it um Here's the, most of the time, great things don't happen. You don't just get out of debt magically. No, you work. You fight your way. To, you drift into debt. You don't just get out of debt just magically and easily, right? You work your way to get out of debt. You don't just get into great shape. You work and you go to the gym to get into great shape. You don't just have a great marriage. You work for a great marriage. And here's where we are when it comes to the Great Commission. This is what a lot of us, well, well man, we meet somebody that, that we know we know they're not where they should be. They're our friends, they're our family members, they're our coworkers, they're our neighbors. There's other people, your friends, your kids' parents, you know, your kids' friends' parents. And you know, and, and here's what we man, I sure hope they find the church home. Man, I sure hope they, I sure hope they get it all together. And I, I sure hope they find Jesus before, before it's too late. And hear me, the Great Commission doesn't happen by hoping it. Well, I'm, I'm gonna pray for him. That's great, pray for him. But prayer can't be a substitute for obedience, right? Jesus didn't say, hey, hey, pray about it. <laughs> no, he said, go be my witnesses. Go tell people about me. And for some of us, we, we say, well, well I'm, just, I'm, I'm waiting for my moment, right? And, and, and here's, what we, <laughs> here's what we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just meddle. Well, that's not my gifting, Justin. That's just, I, that's just not my gift. I'm, I'm, not, I just, I'm not gifted in that area of my life. Jesus didn't say, hey, go be my witnesses to the ends of the earth to, if, you, if you're gifted. Like, if you're gifted about it, then this is who I'm talking about, right? Or it had been recorded in it, right? I'm just, I'm not, I'm not trained. He's talking to untrained men. He's talking to people that had never given a sermon in their life at that point. Like business, like you're like, I'm not qualified to talk about it. None of them were qualified to talk about it. Right? I'm not you, Justin. Thank God. We've got a kid in Maasai Mara, Kenya named Justin. I'm praying for him every day. Right? Thank God you're not like me. Here's the deal. It's not about gifting. It's about willingness. It's not about gifting. It's about are you willing to be obedient because the great commission isn't going to happen by us hoping it happens. It's going to happen if we're willing to be obedient to it happening. One thing I've noticed is that when Casey and I started dating, nobody had to tell me to talk about Casey. It just happened, right? I was like, oh, Dang, she is hot. She's not here today, so I can say all this. She probably watching online, but that's okay. Be like, man, she is smoking. I don't know how she said yes. I don't know why she said yes. But thank God, God still does miracles, right? And so I tell my mom and dad about her. You know, I'd say say all these things. Like nobody had to tell Derek how to talk about Mallory. Like, oh, she's beautiful. She's this. She's this. Nobody had to tell Mallory how to talk about Derek. Like he's this awesome guy. I love him. He's beautiful. He's sensitive. He's all these things, right? Like nobody had to tell Sheree how to talk about Chad Craig. Nobody. I had to tell Chad how to talk about Sheree. It just happens. Why? Because you talk about what you love the most. Some of us, we say, man, I love God and love Jesus. Then why aren't we talking to those that are around us about our Savior? And here's what's happening right now. Some of us are going, man, I hope Justin moves on soon. All <laughs> right? All right? Like, well, I can't wait for the next, what's the next sermon series? I'm going to get on the notes. But but hear this, James 4, 17 says this, Remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Right? This, is, this is something you know and I know we ought to be doing this. This is something that as a follower of Christ... It's very fundamental and elementary for us to be doing. But the reality is most of us probably aren't doing this real well in the 918. We're not doing this real well in our community. Because here's how crafty and crazy and stupid good Satan is. He's made talking about Jesus weird. And we go back to this whole COVID thing. We go back to our culture. Things have gotten weird, right? And I would encourage you, don't let Jesus become weird. Don't let Jesus become weird. Me talking about my wife and my kids—it's not weird; it's normal. Because it's what I love the most. Talking about Jesus it can't become, oh, I didn't—I didn't know you love Jesus. Never talk about him. I didn't know you go to church. You don't even check in on Facebook, right? Like that's a, like, oh, I check in on Facebook. I go to church, right? Like, 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 don't let it become weird. When are you going to move on, Justin? Here, here's here's what we say. I hear this all the time, and this is where our churches are. Man, I wish our pastors would just go deeper in the word. All right? I had a lady come up to me one time, long time, not this church, a lot of this church. Man, I want some tiger meat from the word of God. I'm like, come again, tiger meat. And she goes, Arr. like, I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, like, what's, what's hap- I'm not the tiger king, right? I'm like, what's, what's happening right now? I want to go deeper and hear me. I think we should go deeper. This is why we have so many discipleship opportunities for you to show up to, right? You want to go deeper, but many of us want to go deeper, but we won't show up and put the extra work in to go to the discipleship for our women's or our men's events. You want to go deeper. You just want to not talk about something that's relevant to you because here's the simple truth. You can't go deeper if you're not willing to be obedient, and what our churches need, it's not that we need more depth in our speaking. We need our obedience to what we already know, right? It's, it's, our problem isn't information. Our problem has always been application. You want to know what's happening in the African churches and why it's changing, why things are happening across the world. And even the church in China, the underground church, it's because they say this. The pastors always say this to me. We hear the word of God and we do the word of God. That's why our country's changed. That's why people come to the Lord. We hear the word of God. We ponder the word of God. We excuse our way out of the word of God. And then we blame someone else. It's the American way. It's the American dream. It's not turning out right for you. Let's just blame something else. It's gotta be something else. It's not my my obedience. No, 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 hear me. Why would God give you something new if you're not doing what you already know you should be doing? If you you want your relationship to not be stagnant, hear me, I, I know, I know I'm coming hard right now. You're like, whoa, you just came back. Give it a few weeks, he'll calm down. He's just back from Africa. Oh, no, no, I'm not. Easter's coming. I'm not calming down, Right? Give it a few weeks, he'll kind of lay off this hopefully, right? When you're going to move into the depths of the scripture. This is it. Our world would be changed if we were simply doers of the word instead of hearers of it. And the Great Commission doesn't happen and doesn't become a reality by you and I hoping it happens. It happens because we're obedient to what God is asking us. I love what David Livingston said. He said, sympathy is not a substitute for action. Some of us, we feel bad, we have a burden, but we're not doing anything about it. Man, I would encourage you, do something, move. Because here's the reality. Some of us, we're leaving the best part of our story out. And don't leave the best part out. Don't leave the best part out. When I was a student, the best part of high school, any day of the week, especially the day Before spring break. The Friday before spring break, you walk into your classroom and this bad boy was waiting on you. Best day of your life, right? Best day of your life. Somebody's like, what's underneath that? Is that a TV? What's underneath that? That's called a VCR player. Um, And you would show up, and here's when you knew what a cool teacher was. For all the teachers in here, if you let your students chew gum, you're a cool teacher. If you let your students eat, I'm talking about high schoolers, right? Like If our teachers let us just eat in class and didn't care, they were a cool teacher. This meant all the coaches were cool teachers, right? So my history teacher from my 10th grade uh, class was Coach Cronister. He was my coach. He didn't care. So Friday before spring break, I walk in. I loved him because when he showed us movies, he didn't show us educational things. There was no educational value whatsoever. It would be like back to the future. Like, we're going to learn about physics, right? Like, okay, I'm in, right? You know what's showing the Friday before spring break my sophomore year? I just forgot. Red Dawn, right? <laughs> Red Dawn. like the, I'm not talking about the re- I'm talking the original with Patrick Swayze. Red. I've never seen this movie before, right? My 10th grade year. And I'm like, what is Red Dawn? I'm like, this is like, is this like where the red fern grows? Like, is this, what is this? Is this, is this what we're doing, coach? You know, and I'm ready. He's like, shut up and watch the movie. So I watch the movie, right? And I get to the point, like Wolverines, right? So the Russians invade, these teenagers take off and they go up into the mountains and they start fighting the Russians, guerrilla war style. Um, and they start having these, like these moments. And it's just a part where they get up and yell, Wolverines at the end. Like, not the end, but in the middle of the movie, and then my hour's done of class. Never seen it. Not gonna get the chance to see it. This, this is before on demand. Right? We don't have Netflix. We don't have iTunes. We don't have Hulu. We ain't got none of it. You know what your best bet was? I Right after school, I drove to to Blockbuster. They didn't have it. I drove to Hastings. They didn't have it. For some of you old school people, I went to Sound Warehouse. They didn't have it. I'd wait two days, right? And you had to rewind that bad boy. You get charged, right? So, So you're waiting two days just to hopefully... And here's the bad part. It was the best part of the movie. Like the best part was left out. And can I tell you, you're doing the same thing with your friends? The best part of your life. The best thing that's ever happened, Jesus Christ coming in and changing you and switching it all up. So many of us, we're leaving the best part of our life out to our family and to our friends our co-workers, to our neighbors, to our kids, friends, parents. Why? Because we're not sure if it's going to, no, 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 understand, you're leaving the best part out, and if this is the main thing of our life, we can't allow it to become an optional thing. If, if this thing of following Jesus, if this really is, because here's the simple truth, the only thing that's going to last from this earth is soul's it. People's eternities. People's souls. So we can't let the main thing become an optional thing. But we got to make sure that we're not leaving the best part out to the people we find ourselves in community with. So here's my question I'd ask you. When's the last time you introduced someone to Jesus? Honestly, I'm not not trying to make you feel cruddy, like, oh, great, awesome, but I can't even remember, right? That's probably most of us. When's the last time you invited somebody to come to a place, a church, where they can meet a Savior that would change their life? When's the last time? Because it's gotten weird, right? Everything's shut down, and we don't know how to interact with people, but can I tell you, we can't allow the weirdness to keep us from our commandment. Can't let it keep us from fulfilling the great commission. We can't let the awkwardness of what our society and what our world is keep us from sharing and leaving out the best thing. And here's what I hear all the time. Well, man, you know, I'm just kind of hunkering down right now. I'm waiting for things to get better. I'm kind of hunkering down and making sure me and my crew are good and safe and everything's okay. And, 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 and maybe it's because somebody got an office or somebody didn't get an office or maybe it's because finances hit or you lost a job. And so, so the tendency is this, for the followers of Christ in the American church, we're gonna hunker down and we're gonna play it safe. And Paul says this to the church in Romans. There's a culture full of totally chastising and trying and torturing Christians. It's a pagan society. It's a godless society. Here's what he charges the church in Rome to do. Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And this is a charge we have, Foundation Church. Don't be overcome with the awkwardness of the culture you live in. Don't be overcome by, by, by what culture you find. Don't hunker down. Don't just try to survive. But what is the antidote to it? It's to overcome evil by doing good, by making Jesus famous in everything that we do. It's not just about making Jesus famous in Kenya and in Europe, but it's about making Jesus famous in Tulsa, in Bixby, in Owasso, in San Springs, in Jinx, in Broken Arrow, and the surrounding community that you might find yourself in. That is our mandate. That is what we are called to do. And we cannot live the best part of our life out. Can't do it. Instead, we've got to overcome evil by doing good. There's a church, and I I close with this. There's a church. (coughs) This church is called Il Territio. This is Pastor Elijah's second church that he started and now there's a pastor I'm talking to um, in this picture, uh, called Pastor Samuel. And this church started two years ago. The first week they start, 100 people show up into the school. 100 people are there, and I'm like, what? Like we were there the second week that it had started. I'm like, you're kidding. You guys are two weeks in and you have 100 people. He's like, yeah. I'm like how many people knew who Jesus was? He goes, three. I'm like three people? He's like, yeah. 97 people of the hundred people that came to that church, never knew who Jesus was. Two years later, they are running 230 to 240, 50 adults Most of them, no idea who Jesus was. In this building, people are literally sitting on the beams of the wall because they don't have room in that church. People are literally sitting on the walls. It's like a New Testament-like thing that is happening. The kids are outside, they're playing, there's no place for them, and here's what I love is that there is growth and there is life change and Jesus is being made famous and there are all that is around here are little mud huts like you're talking, ends of the earth. In fact, one of the villages, as you're getting ready to come by up, up to the church, there's a village on the right, and there's a village on the left, and there's nine huts over here for the one husband and the nine wives, and there's five huts over here for the one husband and the five wives. I'm like, is this Baskin Robbins, or what are we doing here? Like, I don't understand what, what is happening. Here's what, these people have no idea, they had no idea that polygamy was wrong, they had no idea that something, but all of a sudden, instead of being judged, instead of of being ridiculed, instead of saying you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Both of these families have started coming to the church. The husband got saved. The wives have gotten saved. The kids have gotten saved. Now the kids know there's a better way to live their life. And that's how we change the culture. And that's how we change what we are doing in that area. Instead of judging people for where they're at, we're welcoming and we're loving and we're letting God do the change and we're not letting the best thing out. We're not hoping that people start coming to the church. We make sure that we're making Jesus famous to those who need it the most. And Foundation Church, my prayer is this, is that an il moment happens here. Is that, that we don't just, man, when Justin starts preaching better, when the worship team, people are just going to come in. No, they're not. You know how it happens? It's when we become found people that find people. When there's something that burns inside of us that we just say, no, no, no. Man, I can't leave the best thing out. And this isn't just gonna happen by chance. And this isn't just gonna happen by me hoping. But this is gonna happen if I become obedient to what God is calling me to. Foundation Church, that's my prayer. Man, everyone, everyone, deserves the chance to meet Jesus, everyone. So let's make Jesus famous here. Let's be his witnesses here. Let's talk to other people about what's most important here, and let's not leave the best thing of our life out in our conversations and in the lives of others, but let's go. Let's do what He's calling us to do, and let's see an El moment happen right here in Foundation Church. Let's pray, Lord, I love you. God, on the plane ride coming home, I was so convicted. On that plane ride for 16 to 17 hours, I just couldn't escape this thought. Lord, I pray my goal, my desire as a pastor, as a follower of Christ is not to be part of a church, it's just a collection of saints. It's to be a church where the lost are welcome, where the hurt find healing. Where the lonely, Lord, they find community. Where those that feel unworthy realize they're just part of a whole group that's unworthy. Where those that feel like they're on the outside, man, they're welcome to be an insider. And God, I pray today that you wouldn't just move us to conviction. You wouldn't just move us to sympathy. But Lord, as David Livingston said, sympathy is no substitute for action. That there would be action to the passion that you have put in our hearts. So, God, I pray that that we wouldn't just opt out because we say it's not our gifting. We wouldn't opt out by saying, oh, we're going to pray and we hope and we hope. But Lord, I pray that we would be obedient to the mandate to the calling you've put on every follower of Christ. Because Lord, the truth is, if some of us, if we're, man, if we're not talking to our friends about Jesus, we're not being a good friend to them. God, if we're not talking to others about Jesus, we're truly not being the follower you've called us to be. And that can make us mad or Lord, it can move us to change. And I pray God today that it moves us to change. That it moves us and we realize we have a place, a, a, a part to play in the great commission. And the great commandment in being your witness to Judea, to Jerusalem, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth right here in the 918. And so God, I pray that there would be a movement that happens in this body, in this church. That, God, we don't have enough chairs to hold them. Lord, the building that we're building won't be big enough to contain them because, Lord, we're just willing to go. And we're making sure that we don't leave the best part out. But we make you famous in everything that we do. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here. And I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you a chance to change that. Man, today, if you're here, man, man, maybe things just aren't right. You know it. You don't know where they went wrong, but you know things aren't right. I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah. Is there anyone else? You join this? Yeah, there's another hand. Is there anybody else? You join these two individuals that say, Justin, that's me today. And man, I realize that where I'm at isn't where I should be. And I need to get things right with my relationship with Jesus Christ. Is there anyone else before we go any further? You just join these two individuals that raise their hand. Yeah, I see you. Is there anyone else? You join these three hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. Yeah. If you raise your hand, man, maybe you're here. Maybe you're at home watching online and this is a decision you made. But if you raise your hand, would you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart? Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned and where I'm at isn't where I should be. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn from the life that I was living. I repent of it. And I turn to you. And I grab hold of the life you have for me. And I confess you Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.